Hello everyone, it's Eric again, and, I'm, and I want to share with you on the topic of living a lifestyle with the Holy Spirit. Very, very important. I want to start off in Luke 11, verse 5 through 13. And you could also find the same scripture in Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11. He says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. For everyone that acts receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there whom, if he asks his son for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto his children, how much more Shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask. So I want to talk to you, my friends, my family. How much more does God love you? And how much more do he desire to give good things to you? How much more does God want to give you gifts? He said, if you, being a good parent, a good father, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would he give to you? So he says, so he's sharing about a principle of asking, seeking, and knocking. And today we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So I want to share with you three aspects of embracing the Holy Spirit. The first one is being filled. And the scripture and, and what it means to be filled is to put something into a container. And so we're, our bodies are that container. And so as God begins to fill us with his spirit, it begins to overflood us where the old nature, the old parts of us, our old thinking and everything begins to disappear or it begins to die. The more of God that we receive through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the less of us there will be. I want to start off in John 3, John 3, verse 1 through 21. And, and this is a conversation that Jesus is having with uh, Nicodemus. Because, and the question was, then Nicodemus began to ask Jesus, hey, what must, I be, what must I do to be born again? And so this was Jesus' response. Jesus replied, Verily, truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And Nicodemus says, Well, how can someone be born if they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time in their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should, be surprised at, you should not be surprised at this saying. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So is it with everyone born of the Spirit. Holy Spirit gives us the ability to uh, and the self-control to be able to help us make the right decisions. The Holy Spirit begins, as we get filled with the Holy Spirit, He begins to place new desires within our spirits. Ephesians 1, 13-14, King James Version. It says, In whom you also trusted. After they heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you have believed, you were sealed 
with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance into the into, into the redemption of the purchased possession, into the praise of glory. And so what, what the Apostle Paul was saying was, once we receive Christ, once we receive salvation, we receive the inheritance, the Holy Spirit, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit has, is our inheritance. It's, it's our guarantee that we are saved and that, we, are, and that we, we belong to Christ, that we're children of God. Now, just for a moment, I want to share some different manifestations of being filled with the Spirit. The, number, the first one is, is we receive the gift of tongues. We receive the gift of tongues. And the scripture, the scripture context for this is in Acts 2, um, 4. And it says, They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so now we see the, the, we see, uh, we see the apostles waiting in the waiting room in the book of Acts. And Jesus told them, Jesus told them to wait. Jesus told them to um, tarry until I come. Tarry. And so they went and they prayed. And they prayed until, uh, until they received this great manifestation of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit took over their tongues and they began to speak in unknown tongues. We see another manifestation of being filled with the Spirit by way of prophecy. And you can find that in Luke chapter 1, verse 67. And, it's, and it reads, And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And so when we're filled with the, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, now we have the ability to prophesy. So every one of you, because you have the Spirit of God, you can now prophesy. The Holy Spirit will give you inspiration and give you the words to speak to to other people to be a blessing. Amen. The third manifestation is um, the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit allows us to speak the word with boldness. And we see this, and we see this in Acts 4:31. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. So the boldness, the boldness that we see many preachers and teachers going forth, prophesying and these great things, guess what? God is going to use you the same way. Because once you receive the, 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 the filling of the Holy Spirit, once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to use you in that same way where he gives you boldness, confidence, and so no, you no longer have to be afraid. And the things that you would normally wouldn't be able to do, He's gonna do through you, Amen, Amen. So this promise, this, so this, this the whole, this, so the, the whole idea of, rece of receiving the Holy Spirit was a promise that Jesus gave his disciples before he left, before he ascended, and we can find that in John sixteen verse five through seven. But now I go away to Him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And so now we're seeing Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit, which he's given us. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our counselor. He's our advocate, the scripture says. 
and he would teach us many things. So the Holy Spirit's job, and this is why we, we as we're filled with him, we have to learn to um, we ha we have to learn to be led by him because he he began to speak. He began to remind us of things that Jesus said. So as we begin to meditate the word, his job is to bring it back to our remembrance. And I found even in my personal life that when I'm going through a situation, then the Holy Spirit will bring that exact word I need concerning that situation. Or that he'll bring someone to speak to me to bring encouragement in that particular area. John 16, 12 through 15. And this is the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. He says, I, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but I cannot bear it, but you cannot bear them now. Whenever he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth and he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of, he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that I will take of mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit comes to remind us of things that Jesus said and here, and, he, and he leads us into all truth because he's the spirit of truth. Amen. The second aspect of the Holy Spirit I want to talk about is Holy Spirit led. So the, the first one was being Holy Spirit filled. Now we're going to talk about being led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to start off in Luke chapter 4 verse 1. Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led around in the wilderness. And so this, so it's, the Bible says in Galatians that those that are sons of God are led by the Holy Spirit. And so it, in order to be led, we have to first be filled. The, God, by way of the Holy Spirit, can't begin to lead us unless we have the Spirit. And so as we continue to um, allow His Word to penetrate our heart and allow His Word to fill us as we... Um, become partakers of it and as we listen because faith comes by hearing then what begins to happen is that we get filled we get filled with the word we get filled with the spirit and then the more spirit the more word that we get on the inside of us then God begins to lead us by that word by that spirit concerning different situations in our life and we see um, right after right after Jesus was baptized um, the Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness. Now, this may not this this may not make sense to a lot of us. Be like, why would the why would the Holy Spirit lead Jesus to the wilderness to fast for forty for forty days? You know, it doesn't make any sense. But God, but it was a time of trying and testing for him. And the Bible says he that the, that the Holy Spirit sent him to be tempted by the devil. So there was a process of wilderness where God wanted to prepare him for what's to come. And so I want to encourage one, many of you for a moment where you may be experiencing some uh, a process in your life where it may be uncomfortable. Just because it's uncomfortable, that doesn't mean it's not the will of God. Just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean that God is not with you. God is building each and every one of us, but he's also um, teaching us how to trust him. And so if we would just be led by the Holy Spirit and go into those areas, we have to know that Holy Spirit is not going to lead us into disaster. He's not going to lead us to evil. He's not going to allow anything bad to happen to us. But as, as, because he desires us to be mature and he desires us to be um, strong and effective, he'll lead us into places to be to, so that he can begin to develop our character 
and he can begin to perfect those things concerning us. So we want to follow Jesus' example by being led by the Holy Spirit. The third aspect of receiving the Holy Spirit is to be Holy Spirit driven. So we have to be we have to be filled by the Holy Spirit. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit, but we also want to be driven by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, of course, is our, is our great example as it pertains to that. The first note that I have is he was dependent upon the Holy Spirit. That he that he oftentimes said, I don't do and I don't say anything unless the Father tells me to say it. The second note is of being Holy Spirit driven is to yield yourself, to yield your will over to the Father. And we see Jesus doing that many times where he says, not my will, but your will be done oftentimes. So, you know, and the one, another aspect, the other one is being controlled by the Spirit. Jesus was so much controlled by the Spirit that he, that he only spoke by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He only spoke what the Holy Spirit gave him. He didn't speak his opinions. He didn't speak what he thought, but he was so controlled by the Holy Spirit because he was so filled with the Holy Spirit that he was able to be driven by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the fourth one I have is being spiritually minded. Jesus, Jesus was so spiritually minded that it didn't leave room for carnal things. It didn't leave room for his own desires, for his own um, thoughts and ideas. Being spiritually driven means to be consciously aware and sensitive of the Spirit of God in you as well as your own spirit, which God uses to guide and communicate to you. It means you don't, you don't, it means you don't desire to move or speak or do anything without his leading. We also see Moses. Uh, Moses was a great example of what it means to be spiritually driven and also spirit-led. We see in Exodus 33 Verse 15, when, when Moses was praying and he's talking to God, he says, if God's presence doesn't come, if a presence doesn't come with us to lead the people, then he says, I don't want to go. God, Moses began to reply to God, I don't want to go. I don't want to go any place that your spirit is not going. I don't want to go any place that you're not leading us. And so you see uh, Moses having this conversation in Exodus 33, 15 where he even had a revelation that um, if God wasn't going to be there, there wasn't protection. I needed to be protected everywhere I go. I needed the blessing of God to go wherever I go. And so Moses had this revelation where he was, where he was so dependent upon God because of what he saw God do in his life that he recognized that he could do anything in his own will. So Moses was very spirit-driven. Living in the spirit is when we embrace all three aspects. Whether we embrace being spirit-filled, where we embrace being spirit-led, and where we embrace being spirit-driven. We're full of, it's, it means we're being full of the spirit. You're so spiritually sensitive to God. You're full of the word, full of the word of God. And out of that revelation, you begin to live and speak. Living in the spirit requires keen sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, where you would consider him and his feelings before doing things and speaking. There's, the scripture, there's a scripture that, that shares about grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. What does that mean? Because the Holy Spirit is an actual person and he has emotions, he has feelings. And we can begin to grieve him if we begin to act in a way that are contrary to his nature. 
because the Holy Spirit will only lead us in, in, into ways of righteousness, of holiness, of peace. And so, and, and because he's there to, as an aid, but he's also there as a guide, you know, we can begin to grieve Holy Spirit by, by doing things that he doesn't desire for our life. And so we want to develop uh, an attitude uh, and a relationship with Holy Spirit where we begin to take time and commune with him and begin to talk to him throughout our day so we can develop more sensitivity to Holy Spirit. The scripture says in, in Romans 8, 4 through 9, it says, it talks about the difference but, but, but um, being led by the flesh and being led by the Spirit. And so, and what the Apostle Paul began to read, um, write to the church, he says, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the flesh. And, but those that live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. The mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. Because of the mind of the flesh is hostile to God, it does not, it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the flesh, but of the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he has none of his. And so, and so what, what Paul is saying, what the Apostle Paul is saying is, we have to set our mind and keep it set. Because although we're born again, although we have a new nature, although we have a new heart and a new spirit, if we don't, if we don't set our mind and keep it set, then it's easy for our mind to revert to old ways of thinking, old behaviors, and see the behaviors is, are affected by our thoughts. And so as we, as we continue to allow the word to penetrate our heart and allow the word to wash the old nature out of us, the old thoughts out of us, then we can see ourselves as a new creation. We can see ourselves as the new person that God has made us to be because the, the scripture says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we continue to intentionally yield ourselves over to the word, the word will literally begin to transform us. It literally begin to wash the world out of us and put the word in us. And so there's, and so we have, this is something that we have to consciously do on purpose so that we can be transformed and so that we can be not only spirit-filled, but spirit-led and learn to be spirit-driven. And so in the process of just doing this, on, um, on an ongoing process, God is going to perfect us and we're going to grow and we're going to be like the scripture says in Psalms, like a tree, um, tree planted by the rivers of water that will produce fruit in this season. And our leaves won't wither, but we will literally prosper in everything that we do. Why? Because God has a plan for each and every one of us and their plan is to, and their plan is to prosper us, not to harm us. So Holy Spirit is there to keep us in those parameters and to create those parameters, not to control us, but to safeguard us, to protect us, because our flesh will literally not lead us into the right place. Our flesh will leave us into destruction. So we have to begin to practice and live a lifestyle of being Holy Spirit-led, Holy Spirit-filled, and Holy Spirit-driven. God bless you. Until next time.